Father, we believe that you're in this place. We believe that there's no one sitting in this place this morning that's here by accident. We pray your, your blessing and your word over the lives of each of us. I pray as we, as we talk now and jump into your word that you would be speaking to us what we need to hear. You know, a word that you've, you've brought us here for. Open our minds and open our hearts to listen and to hear and to take in what it is that you want to say to us. Lord, we're here, we're open, come and speak, I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I was uh, riding my bike a couple of weeks ago um, down the back of Clarendon. I was riding out of Clarendon, up Old Clarendon Road, which is a long winding climb. It's about four kilometres. I, I really like to climb it. And it was a day that I had what cyclists call, I had good legs. I felt really good. Um, I was spinning up the hill and you have these moments, I was alone, there was no one around and I was riding, I felt like I was riding fast and I just felt like I was doing really good. Until about half, three quarters of the way up when this other cyclist just rode past me. Just like that, I didn't hear him coming and he just rode past me really easily. He just smiled, he didn't look like he was working as hard as I was, I kind of felt like I was kind of going and he just smiled and just spun on his way and, and just kind of left me. And all of a sudden I didn't feel quite so fast, all of a sudden my legs didn't, you know what I'm talking about, my legs didn't quite feel so good. I thought I was doing really well until this guy rode past me and all of a sudden I didn't feel so good. And I'll, you're all nodding, you know what I'm talking about, maybe it's not. It's not cycling for you, but you know what it's like. You get a test back at school and you get 91 out of 100 and you think, man, this is really awesome until three friends show you that they got full marks, right? And all of a sudden your 91 doesn't feel so good anymore. You, you look at your outfit, you get ready to go out and you feel really good. And, and then you meet some friends and all of a sudden, well, I don't, but you know, this happens apparently. LAUGHTER uh, you know, and, but you know what it's like, you feel really great and then you see some friends and they, you think they look better than you and all of a sudden you don't feel so good about what you're wearing. You're, you're really excited because you've been planning and waiting and you've got a holiday, you're going to Sydney and this is going to be fantastic. And then someone tells you that they're going to Bali at the same time and all of a sudden, all of a sudden your Sydney holiday might not feel, I don't know, you might not like Sydney more than Bali but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> You feel really great about it. You've had a fantastic day. You, you feel just awesome about your day until you open social media and you scroll and you see pictures of someone else's day and all of a sudden your day doesn't quite feel so good. You like your house. It's clean. You've put something new in it. It feels great until your friend shows pictures of their new house that they've bought and it just is amazing and all of a sudden you look around your house and it doesn't quite feel the way that it did before. You're really proud of the work that you do. You love your job until you meet an old friend and they tell you about the amazing job that they've got. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it, how good we can feel until we compare ourselves to someone else. It's amazing how okay our stuff can be until we compare our stuff to someone else's stuff. It's amazing how satisfied we can be with our life, how content we can be with our life until we start comparing ourselves to someone else's life. We're in a series that we're calling Gifted uh, where we're looking at the uniqueness and the wonder that God has put that exists 
through God inside all of us. And we talked about the idea that no one is an accident, that all of us are created by God and we're created by God on purpose and we're created by God for a purpose. And we talked about what that purpose is. We talked really practically about spiritual gifts and we took an assessment together and we spent time talking about these gifts that that God puts inside everyone who believes in his names, these sort of supernatural abilities that God gives us so that we can build up and encourage and, and, and grow the church, the community of believers around us. We talked practically about what we're going to do with the gifts that God's given us and for some of us that was a, a kind of eye-opening you never sort of thought about doing these things and for others of us it was a, a reminder or a, a kind of nudge to to really be using the things that we know God's put inside us but I want to talk today about something that can undo everything that we've talked about in the last three or four weeks I want to talk about a, a, a trap that can keep us from fulfilling the potential that God's put inside of us. And that trap is comparison. Comparison lies in wait for us every day. You don't think about it this way, but, but, but there is comparison lying in wait for you every day. It's hanging around at school. It's waiting at work. It's, it's running around the sporting field with you. It's hanging in our wardrobes. It's smiling at us from our social media feeds. Comparison has no boundaries and it knows no mercy. And it's been hunting people for thousands of years. The Bible story starts with God creating humanity. He creates Adam and Eve and they have two sons, Cain and Abel. Bible trivia time. What happens to Cain and Abel? Who knows? What? They probably die. Yes, they eventually died. <laughs> the first murder in the Bible is correct. Who murders who? Cain murders Abel. Let's read the story. Genesis 4 verse 2. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time... Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of the flock. The Lord looked with favour on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favour. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Cain and Abel were both farmers as pretty much everyone was in, uh, in the ancient times. And Abel kept animals. He was a, a, a farmer, probably sheep or goats, we would guess. And Cain worked the soil. He grew crops and fruit and vegetables and such. And they both bring an offering to God. And God looks, uh, the Bible says, with favour on Abel's offering. And it says of Cain's offering, he did not look on with favour. And we don't know why. We, we don't, we, the Bible's almost sort of deliberately ambiguous about why that is. Just like we don't know why some people seem to be more pretty than other people. Just the same as we don't know why some people, everyone thinks are cooler than other people. Just the same way as we don't know why life always seems to work out for some people and not for other people. We don't know why some people just seem to be better at stuff than other people. 
We're both working as hard. Why does it seem to work out for one person and not for another person? But listen to God's response to Cain in the moment. The Lord said to Cain, this is verse 6, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what's right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. God says to him, why are you comparing yourself to your brother? God's saying, you just need to focus on doing what's right for you. If you do what's right for you, you'll be okay. Don't focus on what's happening with your brother. He said, but if you don't do what is right in this moment, sin is crouching at the door. It is just waiting for you and it desires to have you. What's Cain going to do? Verse 8, Cain says to his brother Abel, hey, let's go out into the field. While they're in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Cain kills Abel and violence and murder enter the human story. And at the heart of this really sad story is comparison. And actually, comparison's at the heart of many sad stories in the Bible. Isaac and Esau, Genesis 25, 27, if you're writing notes. Leah and Rachel, Genesis 29 to 31. Saul and David, their whole, their whole story is riddled with comparison. You can read all about Saul and David's uh, life in what, book of 1 Samuel. Jesus tells the story of two brothers in Luke 15. In this story, the younger brother makes a terrible choice, a string of terrible choices, and he leaves the family. He takes half the family fortune and he leaves to go and just party life away. He completely messes up his life. Ends up broke with a whole bunch of dysfunction going on in his life. And he crawls back. Uh, to his family he's got nowhere to go he's got nothing to eat he crawls back to his family hoping that he'll be accepted and in this extraordinarily beautiful picture his father runs to meet him welcome him uh, welcomes him back and just heaps love on him Jesus tells the story as a as, as a kind of picture for the way that God loves and accepts us even when we mess up even when we sort of run from him that God it's a it's a it's a picture an image of a God who's always waiting and would welcome back people no matter where you've been and what you've done. But there are two brothers in the story, right? Listen to what the older brother does in this moment. The sons come back. The father's just broken out the best food, ordered Domino's pizza, and there's a cracking party going on. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. That's code for he was working hard. When he came near the house, he heard the music and the dancing. So he called one of the servants and he asked, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father's killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. I've never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, 
you kill the fattened calf for him. Can you hear? It's the Cain and Abel story happening all over again, isn't it? And again, it's comparison that has its claws in the older brother. The sad news for us is that comparison is still hunting people today. Finding ways to destroy our peace and joy, finding ways to undermine the uniqueness that God has put into each of us. This gifted series is about you understanding that God has made you unique. It's about helping you to believe that God has put something unique inside you. It's about hopefully kind of motivating you to decide to use what God's given you. But we have an enemy with us on this journey. And just like Cain, sin is crouching at your door and it desires to have you. And comparison is one of its greatest weapons. It always has been and it still works well for the enemy today. Our enemy will use comparison wherever he can in your life. The way we look, the jobs we do, it's hiding in our social media feeds. He'll even use it on the gifts that God's given you. You know, God's given me this gift, but that person next to me, they've got it better than me. You know, I thought I could do this for God until I saw the way they can do it. they're, They're way better than me. We can't talk about the way that God's created us without talking about the comparison trap. Comparison is crouching at your door and it's crouching at my door and it's waiting to take away from us the very things that God has put inside of us. This series, this, this, when we're talking about this whole gifted series, this isn't just about making you feel good, right? This series is about unleashing the uniqueness that God has put inside you. This series is about saying it doesn't matter whether you think you're pretty or not. It doesn't matter whether you think you're rich or not. It doesn't matter how much money you have at all, actually. It doesn't matter how good you are at this or that. It doesn't matter what school you go to, what sports you play, what work you do. What matters is that you are created by God. What matters is that he has put something unique and special inside you and he has done that. He has done that so that you can use those gifts and build up the church, build up other Christian people around you. And if you believe in him, if you give your life to him, he will put those gifts inside you. He will put something wonderful inside you. Paul wrote a letter uh, to the Christians in Corinth. In 2 Corinthians 4, we read, he says this about the gifts that God has put inside people. He says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness. In other words, the God who created the whole world made his light shine in our hearts. A verse later, he says, but we have this treasure, this thing that God's given us. We have this treasure in jars of clay 
We have this treasure in jars of clay to show us that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Paul's saying our outsides might seem ordinary, but there is treasure, there's something amazing inside of us. Paul says, in fact, in fact, the more ordinary you seem on the outside, the better it is. Because what, what, what God has done on the inside of you will be more apparent to people that, wow, this is something God's done. It's clearly not from them because look how ordinary they are on the outside. That makes sense? That should be encouraging for some of us who feel a little <laughs> ordinary on the outside, isn't it? <clears throat> but friends, comparison is waiting right there. It's crouching at the door. It's waiting to whisper in our ears, you're no good. Look at them. God can't use you. You're not, a, you're not as good as that other person. You're not pretty enough. You're not cool enough. You're not smart enough, rich enough, talented enough. Comparison wants to force us to look at the clay pot part of who we are and to forget about the treasure that's inside us. Comparison always wants you to to spend all of your time trying to to shine the clay pot and trying to make it look better and trying to fix it and, and make sure it's not cracked. And we completely forget about the fact that the light of God, that there is some extraordinary treasure that God has put inside us. And that treasure has no connection at all to the clay pot that's on the outside. Friends, every moment that we spend trying to be someone else is a moment that we're not spending with the uniqueness that God has put inside us. Every moment that we spend trying to, trying to, to sort of make ourselves like other people and make ourselves as cool as them or as rich as them or look as nice as them or, or whatever it is as them is a moment that we're not being the person that God created us to be. I mean, this sounds kind of cliche, but there's only one person that God wants you to be, right? Which is you. I mean, if God wanted to create you to be like someone else, he would have done that in the first place, wouldn't he? Imagine what your life could look like if you could escape the grip of comparison. Imagine if you could truly believe what God says about you. Imagine if that truth could control your life and not the words and the opinions of other people. Imagine what this church could look like if we as a church could escape the grip of comparison. Imagine if we could understand what God has put inside us. Imagine if we were using our gifts and, and not worrying about what gifts other people, worrying about what other people are doing with their lives, just using what God's put inside us with everything that we've got. Imagine what our world could look like if the church could escape the grip of comparison. Imagine if the church was living out this message, showing the world what it looked like what it was like to live free of comparison. 
Showing the world what it looked like to live just truly content with who God's made you to be. Just embracing who it is that he's created you to be. Embracing the gifts that you've got, the looks that you've got, the personality that you've got. Imagine how that would change the world if churches were living that out. God's created us. He's made each of us unique. And when we give our lives to him, he puts something, we call them spiritual gifts, he puts something unique and wonderful inside each of us. Doesn't matter how young you are, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how much of the Bible you read, doesn't, doesn't, none of that stuff matters. It's the grace of God. It's the love and the goodness of God. It's something he chooses to do. It's got nothing to do with you. It's something he chooses to do because he wants to do it. He didn't create you because you thought it was a good idea. He chose to do it. And if we can understand that, if we can believe that, if we can decide to embrace that, to embrace the gifts that God's given us, to embrace the person that he's created us to be, I believe we will see the Holy Spirit do amazing things in us and through us. But friends, we can't let comparison get in the way. We can't let comparison rob us of the things that God wants to do in us and the things that God wants to do through us. And make no mistake, it's one of the enemy's number one tools. He's been using it since the beginning. It worked on Cain and Abel and it's been working on people ever since. It's a whisper that you will hear every single day. It's a whisper that I will hear every single day. And it's a choice that I have to make and do you have to make. Will I listen to that whisper or will I listen to what it is that God says about me?